This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Tax fraud costs our nation billions in lost revenue, while corporate crime hurts stockholders. But whistleblowers are helping curb both these ripoffs. Prove that violation. Hold the wrongdoer accountable. Everyone understands that if you see a person being robbed, you should do something about it. But the same goes for corporate crime. Then, a grammar expert shares some common word mistakes and says it's how people speak that really shapes our language. People's usage is what determines the language. You know, you can know all the grammar in the world, but you cannot fight usage. Those two stories and much more are coming your way on this week's InfoTrack. Stick around. The show gets underway right after this timeout. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Both corporations and the government are getting ripped off big time by fraudsters and criminals. But courageous whistleblowers are helping battle the bad guys. InfoTrack's Roy Mackey is here with the story. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Our guest is Stephen Cohn. He's a whistleblowing attorney and the author of the book, The Whistleblower's Handbook, a step-by-step guide to doing what's right and protecting yourself. Mr. Cohn, welcome to InfoTrack. Well, thank you so much for having me. Whistleblowing can take many forms today. Could you just give us two or three examples of what the most common forms of whistleblowing may be? Well, the most common forms are really under the best laws, which is contracting fraud against the U.S. government, securities fraud, you know, Wall Street misconduct, foreign corrupt practices, foreign bribery, and tax fraud. So people turning those types of claims in are covered under the best laws. So you see a lot more people filing these cases. But on the other hand, whistleblowing can cover national security, the environment, any area in which someone is harming the public interest or violating U.S. law. And I understand there have been several recent changes in laws that are intended to provide better protection to whistleblowers. Absolutely. And the best and biggest change was contained in the Dodd-Frank Act for securities violations, also covering commodities and foreign corruption. It permits the whistleblower to file a case anonymously, which means the government doesn't know who you are, and you can keep complete confidentiality so your employer never learns who you are. So you can file it anonymously, and then the government is required to use your information in a way that won't reveal your identity. And it's our belief, based on 30 years of practice, that confidentiality is key. If the the company doesn't know who you are, that is your best insurance against losing your job and career. I'm sure there are different motivations. One simply would be doing the right thing and seeing that justice is done. But in some cases, whistleblowers can certainly receive some substantial monetary rewards, right? That is correct. And that's, again, a major new development. First, almost every whistleblower I've ever worked with, and this is over 30 years, wants to do the right thing. Their primary motive is coming forward to make sure the laws are followed public is protected. Now, the reward provisions just radically change the incentives 
So under some whistleblower laws, they only protect you if you're fired and you get compensation if you're fired or otherwise discriminated against. But who wants to have their career ruined? Who wants to obtain compensation only after you suffer a major wrong? So those laws actually discourage whistleblowers and the overwhelming majority of people who see violations but aren't entitled to a reward do not come forward, or though some do. What the rewards do is they place a premium on accurate information about actual violations of law. So what they're telling the potential whistleblower is don't blow the whistle on small minor things or pure speculation. Why risk your job and career over some minor infraction or something that you just think? Why don't you come forward with good, strong evidence? That's the message because you only get the reward if your information is used to successfully prosecute the wrongdoer and money is obtained, you get a percentage of what the government gets. So if you think about that, it's a complete change in the whole process of whistleblowing. Encourage high-quality information, encourage it going to the proper law enforcement officials, then encourage the whistleblower to work with the law enforcement officials anonymously and or confidentially, and bust them, prove that violation, hold the wrongdoer accountable. You know, that can lead to, you know, we just have a case now where someone's going to prison because of what our whistleblower did. It was all securities and other forms of fraud. Let's hold these people accountable. Let's use the whistleblower as the key source of information and reward them if what they say is true. Our guest is Stephen Cohn. He's an attorney who specializes in whistleblowing cases, and he's the author of The Whistleblower's Handbook. You touched on this a bit, but I think many people think, hey, if I blew the whistle on my company for some unethical practice, they may not fire me, but it would just torpedo my career. I wouldn't have a chance to perhaps find a better job elsewhere or get a promotion. Doesn't that sometimes happen? Yeah, and unfortunately, all too often. No one wants to hire the whistleblower. It's a stigma. So even if you don't get fired, it's very hard to progress in your career. That's why these reward laws are just so important. Because if the whistleblower can remain confidential, well, the company never knew you were the whistleblower and you're not going to suffer retaliation. I do want to say that the anti-retaliation laws, so in other words, say you are fired, they require the company to restore you to the position you would have been in had you not blown the whistle and not been fired. So you can see some large judgments and some very creative judicial or administrative orders really restoring a whistleblower to where they should be. So it's not impossible, but it's hard and it's very stressful litigation. There's also sort of a social taboo that I don't want to look like a traitor to my boss or my company. You're right. There's a culture of keep your mouth shut, a culture of shoot the messenger. But I think we have to get over that. Look, if someone violates the law, that's the end. If you see, if I look out my window here and I see a lady being mugged and her pocketbook being stolen, I will not hesitate to call the police. But if I look out my window and I see a suite of corporate executives and they're stealing from the pension fund and manipulating stock prices that could hurt thousands of people, 
I shouldn't call the authorities? That's what's going on. Everyone understands that if you see a person being robbed, you should do something about it. But the same goes for corporate crime. If you see a company illegally dumping toxic material, stealing from their shareholders, manipulating government contracts, stealing from the taxpayers, those should be reported. And I think it's just a question of time before we see a culture change and people do know that they can report these things and perhaps be rewarded. It sounds as though there are certainly some possible missteps that someone can make when reporting wrongdoing. How important is it to consult a lawyer, and at what point is that appropriate? Well, right from the start, and that's why I wrote the Whistleblower's Handbook, 21 Rules. But I'll tell you, the handbook was written based on my 30 years of practice, talking to literally thousands of whistleblowers, what they did right, what they did wrong. What's heartbreaking is when the whistleblower comes to my office, sits down, tells me their story, and I know they have already lost their case because they made mistakes, stealing information that they were not permitted to take, missing a filing deadline, going to the wrong office. And it's heartbreaking because on almost every case, these people could have had a strong name, maybe qualified for a reward, but they made the mistake. Self-help, just blowing the whistle without understanding the legal framework, generally results in a disaster. Stephen Cohn, attorney and the author of The Whistleblower's Handbook, a step-by-step guide to doing what's right and protecting yourself. Stephen, do you have a website? Yes, kkc.com, and there's also a nonprofit, the National Whistleblower Center, which has great information at whistleblowers, with an S, dot org. Well, thank you again for joining us on InfoTrack. Thank you. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, do you make mistakes in how you speak? An expert shares the surprising facts. Coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this. 